Uh, vandaag gaan we een beetje praten over, we talk a little bit about the, the manifested power of God in our lives, the new life that God has given us. Amen. You know, when Adam, uh, uh, when Adam sinned, when man fell, there was a new life that started to manifest in man, and the end of that was death. Okay? But there's a new life that God brings forth in Christ in us all. And that's what I want to talk about today. You know, if we, uh, uh, since we've believed in Jesus, um, you know, and, and it's always been preached as a law, you'll better change. But I want to say this. When we believe in Jesus, there's a power that works in us that we can have a confident expectation of the life of God in our lives. Amen. You guys just switch on the lights there. You'll forget me lucht aan te sit. So, uh, and, and that is what we, what we want to talk about. As a Christian, we've got access to the life of God. Amen. We've got access to the life of God. We can have peace in this life. We can have joy in this life. We can have righteousness in this life. We can have the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in our lives. And if we can understand what God has saved us from, and, and today's the third session in, in this, on what has God saved us from and what is He saving us unto. And that is so, so important. That is the manifestation of new life. I remember when I received Jesus as my Savior, my life changed like this. And then I became law-minded again, and we went back to the old manifestation of the flesh. And that was because of a law mindset. And it started to, 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 to happen over a long period of time. But we can, as Christians, have the hope of righteousness. That means we can have the confident expectation of the manifestation of the life of God in this life. Expecting that life to manifest in our lives free from our efforts. And we can have a boldness towards that. Amen. We can have a boldness towards peace in this life. Doesn't matter what party rules. Doesn't matter what the Rand dollar does. Doesn't matter what sickness or the disease say. Doesn't matter what the doctors say. I mean, now they've got this, they found this bird flu again now with the ostriches here in Otsua. You know, people say, oh, man, we've got another kind of a life. And if we're going to read, um, I'm just going to read this and then we're going to get into the verses I've actually prepared. Um, in Ephesians 1. Paul's prayer. Paul's prayer is the following. He says, Thank God, uh, 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 his pray, prayer is this, that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge or the acknowledgement of Him. So his prayer is that we will have the spirit of revelation and of wisdom. Now, that's two, uh, two things there. Two attributes of the Spirit. The Spirit of revelation. In other words, the ability to see something that's always been hidden. The, 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 the Spirit where we see Christ revealed in the Scriptures. Where we see Christ revealed in certain areas of our lives. Okay, And then he says, the Spirit of wisdom. Wisdom, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is to know something to have knowledge about it. Wisdom is to know how to make use of that knowledge. 
if I give you a, a knowledge and I say to you, um, you know, this and this is going to happen in our country or in your life, you've got that knowledge. Wisdom would be to have the correct action based on that knowledge to see salvation in your life. That's wisdom. So Paul comes and says, I want you to have knowledge and wisdom in, in, in Christ, in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. And this is what he says. This is what it is. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us word who believe. This great power is according to His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality, all power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. Now that is something. So he says, now, now this is Paul's revelation. This is what he says. This is his prayer. I pray that every one of you might have a revelation, the Spirit which reveals that you might understand the Scriptures and what Christ has done, and that you might, might know how to make use of that. This is the following, that you might know the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power that raised him from the dead placed him far above all power and principality. And if you can know what Christ has done, that is what you will experience in this life. You will experience the truth about your life, where you are raised far above powers and principalities, where you are raised far above the definitions of this world concerning success, joy, and peace, where you are raised to the level of Jesus experiencing that new life in us today. If we talk about, uh, um, I, I want to uh, make a, differ, differentiate, is that the word, between what Christ has done and what we experience in this life. What Christ has done is the truth about your life. Okay? What Christ has done is the truth about your life. You might experience different things in this world, but he, what He has done is the truth. Faith in that truth manifests that truth in your life by the Spirit of God, not your effort. Okay, so we can have a victorious life in this life where we live free from fear, where we live free from manipulation and control, where we are set free from the bondage of the law. And that's what I'm going to get into. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Father, I thank you that as I preach this, that the people that are here and the thousands all over the world that listen to this via the web will understand and grasp it. And all those in the years to come that will watch this message will understand and grasp what I'm about to say. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <clears throat> right. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, 
and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Okay? That word yoke there means a pair of balances. Okay? A pair of balances. It, it's also like you, you, you would get the people that would have the, carry water. They've got this yoke on them and they will put water in the one bucket and water in the other one. They'll have this balancing thing on their neck and that's what they will carry. Or on animals, we know that's, you, you put the yoke on so they can pull the wagon or whatever. Or the plow, it's, it's a yoke. Now, a, a yoke, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Yoke also speaks of teaching or doctrine. So you get the yoke or the balance which leads to bondage, or you get the balance that is the balance of liberty. So you can go and you can weigh something up. You can take the law and you can put your good, the law in the one side, and you can put your works on the other side, and the balance will be unequal and, you will, and that will lead to death. Or you can take the yoke or the teaching or the balance of Christ where God is in the one side and Jesus Christ, the human being, representing you on the other side, balancing the thing out, putting that on you, which will lead to life. Okay, so, he says here, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Now, Christ has made us free with a certain kind of liberty. Now, I want to just read verse 17 quickly. It says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to the one, uh, one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now listen to this. He says, The spirit lusts against the flesh, and the flesh against the spirit. And these are contrary to each other, so that you cannot do the things you want to do. So, when we, and that talks about being in bondage. When you are in bondage, there are the things that you want to do, and you are in such a bondage that you cannot do it. But Christ has liberated us with a certain kind of liberty. When bondage came through Adam, this is how the bondage came. The law was implemented and that activated death in us. It activated as a catalyst sin in us. And that brought forth death. And man could never get rid of the system of, I always want to do good, but I can never get it right. Because the flesh will always stop you from reaching that place of absolute peace, absolute joy, and that victory. Always stop you. The flesh will stop you because it will manifest its poison and its death and its sin. And mankind was dumped into something where he can always just look at the good but never reach it. Now, I want to define good. We cannot define good by money. We cannot define good by the standards of this world. When we want to define good, we define good by God's standard. Amen. Where He calls a woman that just gave two cents, He says that she gave more than everybody. Where He says John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets of the Old Testament. 
and then the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. So there's a different way <laughs> of, of, of looking at things. I mean, we must realize that, that when Adam sinned, he, he fell from what he saw in God. Now, we have tried, and in church we've tried to define the success of God by worldly standards. It's like, just now, somebody was on TV and he said, I want to tell you, I've got a Tag Heuer watch of about 50,000 rand. God's blessed me. Come on, man. Come on. I don't say you cannot have such a watch. But you could see that he doesn't have the watch. The watch has got him. That's the problem. I've sown one of 15,000 rand, and now I've got one of 50,000 rand. Glory to God. And then the guy came, and he, he, he said, listen, you can... And then he testified of some child that gave something, and then this, this, this child gave eight rand and got a golf clubs, brand new. So now... It is like, okay, you can have the resurrection power of Jesus will get you into the place where you can live up to the worldly standard. No, no, I'm not talking about that. So please don't hear that. I'm talking about true peace, true joy, the very nature of God, the fruit of the Spirit, which is called love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance, and all those things. I'm talking about the very nature of God manifesting in your life. I want to just testify my own life. I was always, since I've been young, I like speed. I mean, you guys know. Got, I had fast motorbikes. I would go 300 kilometers per hour. It, I would do that all the time. And I was just, as I meditated upon grace, many people said to me, listen man, you better stop to speed. I said to them, I can't. I'm just honest. I can't. My speed with a car is 150, 160. That's my speed. I feel safe at that speed. <laughs> so, and I just said, I can't. It's, it's impossible for me. But I knew that that is dangerous. I would want to not go that fast, but I know I can't. And as I was meditating upon the grace of God, and especially in the last time when I was meditating upon the expectation that I can have of the cross of Jesus, I tell you, we went up now to Sabi. That's close to Kruger Park. We drove there. I drove there and I drove back at 110. All the way. I did it all the way. And I wasn't even frustrated with anybody. Maybe they've been with me. But... I was not frustrated at all. If somebody was speeding, I don't care. If I had to wait behind the truck there, at the, I don't care. There's a peace inside me that was raised not by my willpower. Because the law brought me into a place where I didn't have the ability to have that patience in normal things. I'm not talking about the patience for the coming of the Lord. That patience I've already had. But when it comes to the normal life here, I found that frustration and I couldn't be free from it. But he says here that he has made us free with a certain kind of a liberty. We have been liberated from the flesh dictating to us. 
So it is not our power anymore of trying to lay down wrong works. It is His power that raised us up in a new kind of a life. When Jesus was raised from the dead, He didn't go through five steps in how to be immortal. He didn't go through five steps on how to reign and rule. The kind of life that's in Him manifests that. So we have changed, we have been liberated from the law kind of a life unto the Christ kind of a life. So he says here, and I want to just, so we, we need to understand that, that um, the spirit and the flesh lusts against each other. He has set us free so that we can now do what we want to do. Under the law you can never do it. Romans 7, right. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. That word liberty there means to be free, exempt, unrestrained, not bound by an obligation. We are not bound by an obligation. When Adam sinned, man was bound and had his obligation towards the flesh. And he was obligated to be the carrier of death by the law. But when Christ came, He ended man's obligation to the law. And He ended man's obligation to the flesh. Doesn't matter who you were, you were obligated to obey the law and be righteous by the law. And have its consequences. So we've got no more obligation to works righteousness and its effect in our life, which is the curse of you cannot do what you want. It's a curse to not be able to do what you want. But Christ has saved us from that. that that's why it says, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Stand fast therefore in the place of having no obligation wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke or the balance of bondage. The balance of bondage. There's a balance that brings forth bondage where we are bound to the flesh and its manifestation. So we are not to try and not be fleshly. We are only to receive what Christ has done and His resurrection power resurrects us into this new manifestation of life. If we can believe this, you'll find the manifestation of that. The Bible says the righteousness of God is revealed or manifested from faith to faith. So what are we believing? We are believing that by the works of the law, we can never be righteous ever again. doesn't matter if we do all things right. It doesn't matter. But what we believe is that we've been set free from the law. That law brought forth death in our life brought forth the fruit of the law, or the fruit of the flesh in our lives, we've been set free from the law and the manifestation of its effects in our life, and we today believe in Jesus, having a confident expectation of the manifestation of Christ's life by the power of Christ's Spirit in our lives, and I yield my members, I make my body available for Christ to manifest His life in my life. I preached in the church on, on uh, um, uh, Friday, last Friday. I preached and I said, 
We're talking a little bit about finances. And I said, do you ever, forever want to be bound to being stingy? I mean, that's bad, man. Doesn't matter what you buy, you always calculate and you're always scared. Doesn't matter how much you have, you're always living in fear. And I'm not saying that to, and I didn't say to that church to get money from them. I didn't take up an offering there. They, what I said to them is simply this. Do you forever, I mean we live in this world under the system of money. Do you forever want money to be your God? And forever bring forth fear in your life? No. Why are we to live in that fear if Christ has delivered us from the law and its effects of not having and placed us in a place where He is our provider and we can forever have and live with the emotion of peace when it comes to money forever. I mean, that's the expectation we have. I'm not saying, well, today I'm going to decide not to fear. I'm saying, Lord, my body is the place where you manifest absolute peace in the area of money, in the area of of friendship, in the area of health or whatever, I am available for you. Amen. It's not you trying to stop it by willpower. It is Christ bringing forth a new life. You know, so many times uh, uh, we sit at the place where Abram and Sarah was. Uh, I think Sarah was tired of hearing Abraham complaining of having a child. That she said, listen man, why don't you take Hagar? And have a child there. And so many times when it comes to grace, let me tell you something, if you don't see it manifest, you do what Abraham did. You continue to believe that God, by His Spirit, will manifest that, and you're not going to go over to another way of bondage to try and manifest uh, in the flesh something that represents or looks like the real thing. We're going to have Christ we do it is we walk in a full persuasion of what Christ has done for us. Amen. And we have the, the confident expectation of the manifestation of that in my life. It's unfair for us to walk with fear, man. It's unfair. It, it doesn't belong. It's not for you to try and stop it. It's an enemy trying to get a hold of you. Yeah. It's unfair. It's unfair for you to walk with fear. It's unfair towards you to have anxiety all the time. It's unfair. We're not supposed, we are not uh, uh, vessels of that. Christ came to set us free so that we can be above all these other things. Right. Amen. So, I'm not trying to say you must manifest that. I'm telling you what you've been saved unto. And what is yours? Hallelujah. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, listen to this, if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. That means if you go back under the law, Christ will not profit you. So that means if you want to experience the, uh, Christ's profit, you should not be under the law. If you want to experience the effect of Christ, you can, if you want to move, you can just move quickly out of the sun. Okay, whatever you want to do is fine. 
Right. Listen to this, the word prophet there, what it means. It means to assist, to be useful or advantageous to profit. If you're under the law, you cannot experience the way God assisted mankind in Christ. It's the end of it. It, it. it means nothing. You will not experience the profit. So, when we are in grace, Christ's work profits us in this life in the form of the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit in our life. So that's what we expect. That's what we say is part of our inheritance. That's what He prays. Pray, I pray that you may know the riches of His glory that we as saints has inherited in this life. So we are not a church. We are not a people that say we shall change our lives by our works. We have been saved into a new life with a new manifestation of life and we expect that. And we put our expectancy, we rest our minds in the integrity of God to manifest that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, for me to drive at 110. It's impossible. Listen, I came back, I couldn't believe it. It happened. And there was no willpower even in it. Even when I overtook a car, and I went to 130. When I slept there, I immediately felt, man, I don't want to drive like this. Now that's, I tell you now, I don't know if you know about miracles, man. That's a miracle. I got rid of my bikes. I mean, where do you get that? You don't do that. The sun has set me free. Amen. I don't say you cannot have a motorbike. I don't, if you go at high speed, man, I'll be the last one to ever condemn you. I don't even say that if you drive like that, you're not making use of Christ. It's not what I'm trying to say. All that I'm saying is, is that the life, the, the, the new life is, the power of the new life comes from the resurrection power of Christ. We cannot copy it. We are resurrected into it. Amen. Right. Listen to this. For I testify again to every man that he circumcised, or that goes back to the law, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. The word there of no effect means to render idle, unemployed, inactive, inoperative. So he says here, when you go under the law... Christ is inactive. His effect, the effect of what is done is inactive towards you. You are not experiencing and you will never experience what it is to be liberated unto the kind of life God has intended for us by works righteousness. You know, I've, I've, um, uh, uh, when, when it comes to the, the last time, I tell you, when you go on to television, you just watch... I watch the gospel channels for this reason. To see my own message on Christ's cake, so that I can be encouraged. Bless God. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then every now and then I watch Joseph Prince, maybe once in two weeks. If I, if I don't even know what time, I just say, oh, he's on, then I'll watch. But I look at what most of the church watch. So you can preach something <laughs> that can help them. That's what Paul did. Paul heard what was said in certain churches. And then he came and he corrected their doctrine, corrected their belief. So in the very same way, we need to realize that when it comes to God, when it comes to the gospel, that Christ has come to set us completely free from that bondage so that we can walk in that liberty, that we can walk in that righteousness. Amen. So that we will not be at a place where we find that Christ and what He's done is idle, unemployed. Imagine Christ is unemployed. Listen to this. Christ is become of no effect. Christ will be unemployed. To whosoever wants to be justified by the law. My goodness. My goodness. It comes, now we come, say we, we come to finances again. That's why I say that the law teaching of manipulation has robbed the church of its true generosity. It's robbed the church of its true generosity. It's robbed the church of the finances it's supposed to have by grace. And we had lived with the law mixed with sin and manipulation and control effect and try and preach the gospel with that. Killing everybody and everything. Having pastors who want to do good but they can't. Having leaders that will take money and steal it. They don't want to steal it, but when they find, they stole the money. Because they never got... Christ is unemployed in the area of finances, in the life of a leader. Christ is unemployed. I tell you now, when it comes to evangelism, I believe the true gospel of grace has been preached all the time. The world would have been evangelized long ago. Because the true gospel of Christ brings forth the very nature of God inside a believer, which is this. The stuff I have means nothing. People has got the number one value. It brings it forth. That cannot be faked. It's either born, you're either raised into that, or you'll never have it. So why do we want Christ idle, Christ unemployed? By making people scared of, well, you know, the poor guy in Africa taking pictures with big bellies, trying to use another way to get people to love others. Instead of preaching the true gospel until we see the fruit of the gospel manifesting in the lives of people. You know, when it comes to my life and I look at people's lives and I look at what's going on in my life, when the law mindset comes to me, this is it. Bertie, you need to start to get your people to do something. Number one, it's not my people. It's God's people. Okay? Number two, my vision is not to, supposed to get them to do something. What the passion in my heart is, is to preach this gospel. And I've got an expectation of this grace bearing its fruit in your lives. And in my life. But we cannot take a shortcut. Because that will be Hagar with an Ishmael. That Ishmael is the absolute law. 
even physically, if we look at Ishmael today, you've got trouble, man. Big trouble. We'll bomb people and think you're doing God a service. My goodness. Still today. Now, just, now, if that is the physical, which is always just a shadow of the real thing, what kind of a death will an Ishmael be in your life? It is just, I mean, it brings forth so much frustration that we cannot live with it. It means, uh, the, the word here, to become of no effect unto whosoever of you are justified by the law, no effect to render idle, unemployed, inactive, inoperative. To cause to cease, to put to end, to do away with, to annul, to abolish. Being under the law, you do away with, you annul, you abolish the work of Christ. You cannot live like that. Thank you, Jesus, for, for sharing this with us. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. We, through the Spirit, wait for the hope, the confident expectation of His righteousness manifesting the very life of God in our lives. And that hope means a confident expectation. Not just a little expectation, a confident, a joyful and confident expectation of salvation. Salvation is righteousness manifested. Okay? Salvation is righteousness manifested. So, we, say you sit with something in your life where you want freedom from, you want salvation to manifest in that area of your life. How are we going to get that? We are not going back under the law to make this thing happen quickly. What we're going to do is, we're going to continue to believe the gospel, having a confident expectation of salvation by the Spirit. We will have this, we will have Jesus operative, active, working on our behalf as we rest in the Spirit and not the law. And He will manifest it in our lives. We sit with this expectation, I yield my members unto the very fruit of the Spirit of God in my life. And we're not going to make an Ishmael. But we're going to have the life of God manifesting in our life. I want to tell you, God's life is an eternal life. So when we enter into the life of God, when God brings forth patience, when God brings forth righteousness, when God brings forth joy, it's the eternal life of God in our lives. Amen. That is what God brings forth for us. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to say to you that Jesus Christ ended the law and its death for you. You're a victor, man. You're more than a conqueror. You have not just conquered in the fact that we are not under the law. We have conquered the effects of the law in our lives and we have, we've got a liberty where we, are, we have no obligation to the flesh to yield ourselves unto its death and its fruit. Amen. Let me just read to you what the fruit of the flesh is. Let me, know, let me first do something else before I forget here. Galatians 5 verse 8. This persuasion to go back under the law comes not of him that called you. That him there is with a small letter. So Paul, people came in the name of Paul and said, listen, Paul told us that you should be circumcised. He says this, new persuasion doesn't come from me. Okay. 
A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be not, not otherwise minded, but he that trouble you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. Look at Paul. You come and you preach the law. He says, well, he'll bear his judgment. Okay, he, 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 Paul was not soft on people that came and brought condemnation and judgment and the law. Circumcision message, going back to Jewish traditions and all those kind of things. Uh, uh, the one brother you asked me, he said to me, Bertie, do you think Jesus is a Jew? What I believe is Jesus was a Jew when he was born. Okay, he was of the tribe of Judah in that whole thing. Okay, and he fulfilled the law, but when he was raised, he was raised with a spiritual body. What I mean by that is his father, the one that gave birth to the new body, was the Holy Spirit, not a human Although it was a human body, he was not a Jew anymore. That's why Paul says in Galatians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, we, we did relate to Jesus according to the flesh, but not so anymore. Hallelujah. He's not a Jew. We don't go back to those Jewish things. Why? It shall kill the church. The moment we go back to the Jewish things, the Jewish traditions and whatever, and I know many people watching on the web, they don't like me saying anything against a Jew. But they need to wake up. You know, because they sit in their death. And in, in their destruction. And most Americans are so scared to say anything against the Jewish system of death. Because they're so scared they're going to get rid of their money. Because they, the, the Jews are rich people. Money orientated people. A lot of them. And they're scared they're going to get rid of their money. For they've never believed God for the money. They've only believed in the Jew. Oh, the Jew. No, no, the, the Jewish system, the Jew himself, if you believe in Jesus, will be your, your brother. Bless God, Paul was one. And we benefit greatly. But the Jew that tries to get his system unto you is your enemy. <laughs> he will kill you. He'll destroy the church. He'll get you into wearing funny clothes and looking weird. <laughs> Amen. Becoming of no effect whatsoever. The effect of Christ towards you die when you become Jewish like that and your effect towards others die and you lead people into death and the blind leads the blind and both falls into the ditch. Amen. Christ come to set us free. Hallelujah. I said to the one guy at Christcake, you know, I went there, we, we, we gave our, our, our videos there to broadcast. He said to me, man, you're very radical to say things the way you say it. I said, I, I know, you know, my money doesn't come from a church. So I can say what I believe. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he wasn't very friendly with me afterwards. Amen. <clears throat> it says here, I would... Uh, um, and I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, because they said Paul thought to preach circumcision, if I preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would, they would, now listen, he says the offense of the cross is to be against the law. That's the offense of the cross. What makes the cross offensive is it is against the law system. Amen. Let's read um, verse, verse 12. I would, they were even cut off which trouble you. 
Now what that means is, I wish that the people that trouble you, that t- say you would circumcise, you know, they would circumcise the foreskin of a man, but he says, I wish they cut themselves off. Meaning, I wish they, the blade slips. Okay? And go all the way. You see, I, I told you Paul wasn't for this, this, this law thing, you know? <laughs> yes. It's verschrikkelijk. Verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Now, let me read that again, um, because the one word there is italicized, the word use. It says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, only not liberty, for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So what he says here, he says, Brethren, you've been called unto liberty. Not a liberty that gives occasion to the flesh. So if we can understand the, what we've been liberated from, we've been liberated from the flesh dictating to us. We don't enter that by willpower, but we believe it as the truth. We've been liberated, and now we can serve one another in love. How do you serve one another in love? Love is this. Seeing Jesus forgiving people from their sins. Seeing the innocence of people. That's walking in love. The Bible says this is the love of God that He gave His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. So if we walk in love, how do, where, where do we walk? We walk in Jesus was given for His sins and He is innocent before God. He's ignorant of it, but we can declare the truth about Him. If He believes, we'll find Christ employed for Him in the, in the manifestation of God's life in His life. We, don't ha- we, we cannot manifest God, God's life. The Bible says that, that, that Abraham and Sarah, the child Isaac, was of promise. It was not of works. It was of promise. God promises you the fruit of the Spirit, making Him the one that's obligated to manifest it in your life. Our work is to believe and rest our mind in the person of God that manifests this, and make our bodies available. But the reason why, the the thing that I find why we don't see that fruit is, we are just sleeping with Moses all the time, pregnant with his kids all the time. As a vrou swanger is, krijg sy nie nog ander kind nie. Sy moet eers haar geboorte gee aan hy kind. Isn't it? And that's the problem. We so pregnant with pray over town over the town that God can do something we're so pregnant with our tithing and sowing and reaping and everything we're so pregnant with our with Jesus is a Jew we're so pregnant with those things with the Ishmael all the time we're so pregnant with what's the greatest demon over town We're so pregnant with what is the sin, your past sin, so that God can set you free. That we cannot bear the fruit of God, for we've yielded our body to intimacy with death. That's why Paul says, I wish they cut themselves off. Right. He says, but by love serve one another. Now, he says, you don't give 
occasion to the flesh. He says, the liberty that we have received is not a liberty that gives occasion to the flesh. That word occasion is also used in Romans 7. It says, for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. So he says, the kind of liberty we have received is a kind of liberty that does not give occasion to the flesh. It gives no room for law-mindedness. That's the kind of liberty we've been set free from, sin and death. So we should not step out of the liberty, the kind of liberty. The kind of liberty we have, what he says there, is not a liberty where you can mix the old with the new. When you mix the old with the new, Christ is inoperative. You fire the Yerah. You fire God. You go back to the law. I need to end off. It says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word. In this you shall love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, talking about the fruit of being under the law, biting and devouring one another, take heed that you do not consume one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. My goodness. Hallelujah. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to, contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things you would. But if you be led by the spirit, you are not under the law. What law? The law that will manifest the sins in your life. Listen. When we see law, and as I studied this, this is how I start to understand the law. There's two laws, the law of life and the law of sin and death. The principle of life and the principle of death. The principle of life is this. There's a law that says the following. If you believe in Jesus and what He's done for you, His life will manifest in you. The, and that's the law of God. Okay? Then you get the law of man, the law that, that finds its origin in Satan. This is this law. If I try to be like God by my works, death will manifest and sin will manifest in me. We've been set free from this law and we are now under this law. Hallelujah. And now people say grace is a license to sin. I said in the other church, I said, I'll be scared to even say those words that any preacher preaches a license to sin. Grace is a license to sin. You know the word, the, the, the word liberty, one of the words there is licentiousness. Which is also used as a license to sin. We've received the license to have the life of God manifest in us. For no man had the license that says, I've been licensed to have access into the life of God. Grace is the license Mankind has to the manifestation of God's kind of life in our life. Thank you, Jesus. And anything that's law-minded is an enemy. It's an enemy to what Christ has done for us. And it is the license that the flesh wants to say, I can kill this person. 
I can kill his peace, I can kill his joy, I can kill his generosity, I can kill his love for people, I can make him selfish, I can manifest my death which is selfishness, my death which is, is like me, myself and I and nobody else. My tantrums and all those things. The flesh will manifest that. Paul was so radical that he said, it's not even I who sin, but it's sin in me that sins. He could, he, he, he could put a distance between him and sin, saying, I'm a victim of this thing, and this thing finds its power by works righteousness. So I want to tell you, you have been saved unto a life where you say, I'm not justified by the works of the law, I have been justified by Jesus and His life. My body is available for His life. And I've got the expectation, the confident expectation of His life manifesting in my life. Hallelujah. The fruit, I I end off with just reading this verse. It says, Now the works of the flesh or the fruits of the flesh are manifest. In other words, if you are under the law... This is what will manifest in your life. Now, I want to say this, and, and I want you to know this for cl- clear. You can be in grace as pertaining to going to heaven. Saying, no, I cannot do any good thing to be saved. But you can be in the law in many, many other areas of your life. That's why Paul says, I want your faith to be perfected. Okay. Paul says, I want to come to you because I want to teach you something that your faith can be perfected. Because if you, I mean, even Peter's faith wasn't perfected. He believed in Jesus, that Jesus is the Savior. He went and preached and still saw that people were circumcised. So his faith was not perfected. Perfect faith is a faith that's completely liberated from works righteousness. Okay. It's also called great faith. Right. So here it says, um, For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. My goodness. Let's just read the next one there. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's, listen to this, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says when Jesus died, we died with Him. So what death did he die? It doesn't say here that we must now, I always uh, read this verse this way, which says, and they that are Christ, if you say you are Christ's, then you must crucify your flesh and your sins. That's not what that verse says. That verse doesn't say, if you are Christ, you must crucify your flesh and you must uh, uh, crucify your lusts. No, it says, if we are Christ's, we have crucified the flesh, and its affections. Romans 6, from verse 1, what does it say? clearly says that if we have died, don't you know that when we have died, we have died with Him. So so how did our sin die? 
You know, to, to, have you ever, you know, I've, I've looked at people getting free from drugs. If you get off heroin, I saw people get off heroin. I mean, they start to sweat, they start to shake, they get those contractions, you know, convulsions. It's painful. You don't have to have the pain of getting rid of sin. Jesus had the pain. You've got the liberty. You don't have to have the great effort of, I'm under the power of this thing and I'm just going to try hard and we must all understand it's not easy. No, no, no. It is not easy. It's impossible. That's why Christ did it. So that you don't have to use your willpower to get free. You you have been crucified with Christ and not just the flesh has been crucified, its passions and its lusts has been crucified. Let's awake unto this righteousness that we have. And I know I preach this. Some people might watch and say, Bath is preaching the law because they, they've made this, the wrong connotation of what is a good life equals law. Good life does not equal law. Sin equals the law. A good life equals what Christ has done. Your effort to have a good life equals sin. I said on Facebook yesterday, I said, last night, I said, treat, faith right, uh, work, treat works righteousness as sin. And you will have no problem in your justification by what Christ has done for you. Treat works righteousness as sin. For that is what sin is. Hallelujah. I want to just tell all of you, you're a free people, man. You're a free people. Now, I, and I want to say something else. You know, from this little place we sit here without 20 people here, we are reaching thousands of people all over the world. I think last, last month we had 45,000 messages downloaded from the website. We've got leaders writing, write, a, a guy phoned me in last week. He said to me, Bertie, I watched your program, and um, I'm 68 years of age. I'm a, he's got some degree or some big degree or something, and he retired uh, as a preacher, as a pastor or duomini or something. He's retired now, and he says, then he watched me on TV. He says he listened to, the, to it, and he realized that he wasted like 50 years of preaching. That's what he says. He says, but thank God, I'm free now. And you know what message set him free? Jesus is the tithe. <laughs> set him free. He could hear God is good. He could hear this. He could hear that. But when you hit the belief system, you got set free. That's why I talk about money in basically all my sessions. Because people connect God with that law system. And if you can break that thing, they can see, my goodness, I'm in the law. Like the one part said to me, he says, then I want to say this to preachers all over the world. If you are still preaching tithing and sowing and reaping, you're not a grace church. Amen. Finished. Not a grace church. Get into the grace message. Get your people free. How can we be employed by Satan to do his work because we are scared of what others are going to say? No, no. We have the liberty to be free from what others think. Do you think Jesus lives by what others think? No, I'm, I'm not going to die this way because what, what if, the, if the chief priest doesn't think well of me? Don't, Jesus doesn't have any sentiment 
for the chief priest's feelings, which is born from the law. He says, cast out the, 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 the bondwoman and the child. God's got no time for the child born from willpower. No time. We might have time. But God does not have time. And those that are born of God also doesn't have time for that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you have saved us from the law and its effects. That we can truly love people. That we can have true peace in our hearts. That we can have your health, your prosperity, your blessing. We don't have to imitate anything. We don't have to make our own Ishmael. For our God has promised and He does as He has promised. Thank you, Lord, that the fruit that's in our lives, there where we see it, we thank you. Where we have not seen anything, we have great hope and expectation for your Spirit to manifest it and we yield our members available to you to manifest it. Thank you, Lord, that we can understand how high, how wide, how deep, and how long your love is, that we can be a free people, having the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of wisdom, making use of your good work in our lives, seeing your true freedom. Thank you, Jesus. You're such a good, good Savior. We rest in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anybody that needs prayer, I'll be here. I'll be praying for you. Make sure if you want to um, get the CD or the DVD, did you just order it there? I think it'll be good to give to some people. Um, those of you that want to give, you feel generous in your heart, the box are in the back, just be yourself. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys.